Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, now also available on the UK Investor Magazine mobile app. For today's podcast, we're going to be discussing the future of venture capital and the current conditions in venture capital. To do that, we're kindly joined by the team at Superseed in Mads Jensen and Dan Boyer. Mads and Dan, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thanks for having us. We're going to be discussing all things VC and, and VC funds. Of course, as I mentioned, the current market conditions. But before we do that, let's get a bit of background, please, on Superseed, if possible. You're a London-based venture capital firm. Um, listeners to the podcast, of course, will be very much accustomed to different forms of uh, venture capital and, and different vehicles. But would you please, guys, be able to give us a bit of uh, an intro to supersede please and you know what sets you apart from from other vehicles out there other companies other vc firms out there and you know what was the thinking behind supersede when you started up yeah absolutely uh, jonathan so uh, thanks for having us on the show it's great to be here um dan and i are both entrepreneurs by backgrounds we have been in the software industry and in the tech industry for decades um we have built companies and we have experienced both the pleasure and also the challenges of building uh, building businesses. And um, and so a few years ago, we, we sort of thought, look, you, you know, our experience of working in tech is that there are, you know, there are obviously there are a lot of investors. Most of them in Europe in particular are financial investors. And we sort of felt there was a, a need for a firm that was much more operator focused, operator led. And so that you know that became the genesis of Superseed, and, and Dan and I decided to build build a firm really as a place where everybody has got a background in the startup scene. We've been in the trenches, we've worked on building companies, and so we know where the pitfalls are, and we try to use this experience to help the founders we work with, you know, accelerate the building of their companies. And we have a, a, a number of different ways in which we do that. Our main focus, Jonathan, is um, the main uh, kind of lens that we use is one of sales so we we in the early stages i'm sure i don't need to tell anybody that's listening to this um it's it's very very treacherous difficult challenging in early stage tech so we use sales and and helping our founders think really commercially to not only help us see how they think before we invest but also building go to mar- really powerful go-to-market strategies that we help them apply once we have invested so that we can we can really, um, not shortcut is possibly the wrong word, but condense the timeline to Series A and product market fit. So we, we're all about commercializing founders. What we, what we say behind the scenes is we, we, we help Americanize them. Americans tend to not care about much, just do the deal and it's fine and we, we go for it. Whereas it, across Europe and in the UK, we're, we're very, very conservative. So that, that's, where we, that's where we tend to focus our, our, our kind of the value piece, if you like, our experience. So how has this changed then over the last couple of months, maybe, maybe a few more months actually now looking at how the market has developed uh, in 2022 so far? I mean, in terms of the VC industry for, for you guys, how's that developing? Obviously, there's 
been certain comments coming out recently about the states of the economy that have been there for, for some time. We've discussed those in depth on the podcast. But, but for you guys on the front lines of venture capital, I mean, what have you seen change um, you know, over the past few months? And where, where do we find ourselves now? Mads, do you want to pick this up? Um, so, you know, we have certainly seen things change um, a lot across the industry, and we've seen the the, the it's kind of the, the the way people talk about the sector change a lot in the last six months. I think the truth is that, you know, depending on what has been changing, that depends a lot on which which part of venture people operate in. So, which geography, which stage, which sector, whether it's a B two C company, whether it's a B two B company. Uh, and so the, the major thing we have seen change is that some of the kind of very late stage growth companies uh, that have been growing very fast for, for, for several years, but where it was sort of questionable unit economics, uh, we have seen those you know, really come, come crashing down from a valuations perspective uh, because people have woken up to the fact that there's going to be a solid business model at the end of it. Uh, and so I think to some extent, so that's good news, you know, we think, because that's not the place we, the, the kind of the, the part of venture we, we play in, but it was the part that sort of got a lot of press and a lot of focus, a lot of attention, and to some extent, extent sucked the oxygen out of the rest of the venture ecosystem. Um, so the valuations of those very late stage companies uh, have, have come down. Um, and what this means is that there is more, kind of there's more oxygen, there's more focus for, you know, earlier stage companies and companies with better business models. Um, and we think that's that's overall a good thing. Fantastic, thank you, Dan. Do you have anything that you'd like to to add to that with the backdrop of VC at the moment? Yeah, I, I feel I feel really I feel really passionately about this point. I I, I like the fact that we that we've all had a bit of a rude well, as an industry we've had a bit of a rude awakening because if you look, I mean this has been going on for a long time. We've had we've had a fourteen year run of of, of good times nearly. And if you look at, at venture and some of the nonsense that that we we as an industry have been investing in, and and fueling, and then all of the the tourist cash, so all of the non-venture investors that have, that have that have seen the, the 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 returns that can be made upstream, they've gone, they've piled in, and that, and it's it just it just it fueled beyond the, it almost became the greater full version of of venture and it it became quite comical and it was obviously going to end somebody was going to be left holding the baby so i've always been super passionate about real models and and transforming business and helping founders really transform business rather than some of the nonsense two-minute grocery deliveries and faster e-scooters that we've seen um catching catching the 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 press and, and the airwaves so this to me is 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 a reset but I think, as Mads said, it, this is not something that's massively affected us. We've seen it. We've been part of the party, um, but it's not been at, at seed. And it, especially in the UK, the UK and Europe is not the US. So if you actually look at the numbers and look at how the tech press has handled it and how the, how the news has handled it, they've, they've conflated a whole bunch of uh, sectors, spaces, territories that have actually very, very little to do with us. So we're very quietly getting on with stuff behind the scenes and uh and supporting founders doing, you know, really transforming business and logistics and supply chains and manufacturing and all of the stuff that that's going to make a difference. And that's what I feel super passionate about. 
taking that into consideration, I just want to drill down a little bit further in some of those comments there. Mads, you mentioned the, the valuations uh, side of things. And Dan, you, you picked up there on the type of companies uh, that, that are out there and, and are being funded. I mean, in terms of the, the impact going forward, you know, are those trends that you see continuing or do you think that's, you know, very much possibly a, a short term phenomenon, given that we're seeing a bit of a slowdown in markets, slowdown in sentiment generally? Um, but, you know, the, the overall impact on some of these companies, you know, is there a big change to, to operations and, you know, is there been, a, you know, really a big shift in the types of companies, maybe VC and VC funds, and including yourselves, are looking for at the moment. I mean, let, let, so that lots to unpack there, Jonathan. Let, let's try and, and and decompose some of the elements. So, um, you know, are we are we seeing a general slowdown to to the market now? I mean, if we look at sort of public sector markets, if we look at tech stocks in general, they're actually they're actually up six, you know, kind of 15 percent since the start of July. So, so we've not really seen a slowdown there. Actually, we've sort of seen a, a bounce back from a low. And there's a lot of discussion as to what will happen next there. Are we going to see inflation uh, kind of creep back up again in the U.S.? You know, we see a lot of the core inflation started to come down. Um, oil has come down. Commodities have come down. Uh, the big discussion right now in the U.S. is what's going to happen to the labor market. You know, will there be kind of labor market inflation that will put a, put a pressure again on, on overall inflation rates? That means that interest rate will rates will continue to go up. Uh, or not, uh, that, that is the big question. But you know, right now, actually kind of in the last uh, sort of six weeks, stock markets have been performing quite well. Uh, private markets, again, I would try and decompose it. Are we going to see a return to 2021? I don't expect so. I don't hope so. I think there was a lot of money chasing, you know, very questionable uh, you know, business models or kind of you know, models with very poor unit economics. And, and, and so investors have woken up to that and, and kind of realized that at the end of the day, there's going to be you know, positive cash flows, um, and some businesses are just, you know, we're just, we're just never going to deliver that. Um, so to the, for those businesses, you know, I don't expect that they will have a, a quick rebound, but then there are other parts of the venture ecosystem that's completely different, which is about, you know, stable, you know, recurring revenue, long-term cash flows, um, you know, long-term contracts, you know, year over year growth, you know, still very solid growth. And I think those businesses are going to continue to do very well. So kind of lots to unpack. I think what's sometimes maybe a little bit unhelpful in 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 both the, the financial press and also the tech press is, is when sort of people, they lump all of it into one big pot because, you know, there's so many different things at play here. And, and I think they're going to they're going to perform very differently in the years going forward. Oh, that's, that's a very interesting point. They're making that you know differentiation there between public and, and private markets. And I think I'll pick up on what you said there, Mads, in terms of you know, a lot of the negativity was largely priced into public markets earlier on this year. And as you said, you're, we're starting to see things uh, pick up again. But you know, sort of focusing now on, on the private side of things, I mean, do you think there's maybe a lag between public and private markets? And, you know, is there any particular sectors within the private markets which are being impacted by as you said that the headlines that are out there at the moment absolutely no no doubt a there is a lack because you know unlike public you know listed companies private companies are not being marked every day to a price so they will typically only be repriced when they come up for some kind of refinancing and that doesn't happen every day that might happen every 
12 or you know 15 or 18 months or two years so there is a lag for sure but i think some of it we've seen already it was a big feature in the financial times uh last week about sort of this silent crash in, in venture capital which is it's been around some of these kind of late stage growth companies with with very poor unit economics that had very inflated valuations on the back of growth the big shift we have seen in how companies are being priced both public and private is that it, you know in 2021 companies were priced almost exclusively on growth so it almost didn't matter how poor the sort of the cash flows were how much money was being spent to grow as long as they were growing they were being priced very positively and that's completely changed now where you're seeing there's a much, much stronger focus on what we call efficiency. So it's the function of, yes, growth rates, but also the cash flows that companies are delivering. And kind of the insight is it's okay for companies to be investing money, to have negative cash flows, as long as there's a good relationship between the cash that's being invested and the growth that's being delivered. So there was a complete decoupling of that in 2021. And that's kind of the recoupling we've seen now where investors in both public and private markets are saying, fine to invest great to spend money to grow the business as long as there's a good relationship between the growth and the investment um, and so the companies where where that growth just wasn't there that was spending too much they've been marked down and they are being marked down and and i think that's you know, it's a good thing and that's it's kind of it's it's happening right it's happening when these companies come up and they need to raise more money uh, whereas other companies that have better business models better unit economics they haven't been suffered. They haven't been hit nearly as uh, as hard to the same extent. Fantastic. So Dan, you picked up on revenue at the beginning, and and just now, Matt, you you've brought in positive cash flows and on on what people are, and what investors are are looking for, in in companies. Given that we you know we're seeing a slight downturn in uh, in the wider economy at the moment, but is there, is there anything else apart from that that you'd like to see, and and what you seek from companies? And what you're seeking from companies at this point in time to make sure that they're still here in 2023 and 2024? Well, we've we, with our own portfolio, obviously, we've we've been talking in two kind of main streams. One is what's your plan and what's your B plan? Because the first thing that's going to shift in any in any kind of bad news environment as soon as we hit bear is is client behavior. That's the first thing that's going to shift. So that we are very, very conscious and, the, and you know, cash is survival. Um, I personally believe that the smart businesses, and obviously I would say this, but we only invest in very smart founders doing very smart things. Those teams are going to grow through this. Those teams are going to find that white space. They're going to find the opportunities. They're going to leverage all of the competitive landscape that's sitting on their hands or worried or panicking or doing other stuff and they're, and they're going to find their way through and grow through this so um that's 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 the first step i mean we we see this the world fairly myopically insofar as we've never played in the nonsense arena we've only ever played in real business models solving real business problems that's that's where we live and and this plays very much into our hands where as specialist investors in what we do at a typically riskier stage of investment seed is 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 challenging and the way that we invest and the process that we use so this is our time to shine this is this is the time to shine for the founders that we work with so as the industry is woken up the tourists have left the space then then and these real fundamentals shine through then this is this is this is where where we get to get, really get to play, and our teams really get to make a make a move. 
So I just want to talk to that point, actually, Dan, because that, that's that's quite interesting there. And sort of moving on to the, you know, the, the elements of the, the relationship between uh, a fund such as yourself and uh, and a portfolio company, and we've touched on a couple of different points there, and you obviously highlighted that you're working quite closely with them. But I mean, how how's that developing? I mean, do you see a greater need to work closer with these companies? during this this period and you know what does that actually look like you know in terms of support you know we've had various uh, funds on here before and there's always a talk about you know interaction and, and being involved with the company but you know what does that actually look like on a day-to-day basis um how are you are you sort of dealing with it with companies and helping them get through the current environment well for, the first thing to say is that the and this will sound a bit wrong and i don't mean it how it may be perceived but most investors can't do that. I mean, if you look at the numbers in the UK, around 10% of, of early stage investors have even worked in a startup. So I think there's a massive disconnect between the available advice as, as, a, fina- as a pure financial investor, and, and by all means, find me and slap me if you don't agree with this. But I, I, can't, I cannot believe that if you haven't been there, done it, bought the t-shirt that you're going to be all that useful in 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 real times of trouble so that i that might be a bit contentious but that, that's 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 what i believe so in reality we we have two jobs with the founders that we work with one is to get stuff out of the way so to 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 quite meaningfully remove a lot of the nonsense that founders might have on their mind that, that needs to happen i'm not saying that they're nonsense jobs but things like uh, getting the financial modeling right it, we have specialists that we work with that that create incredible models that, that that take that stress away from founders. They should be building their business. And sales leaders who can then help them build incredible go-to-market strategies. So it's, on one hand, it's getting stuff out of the way and, and creating space for them to be able to shine and do what they need to be doing. And the other, it's, it's I guess it's, it, it, again, comes down to two sub-camps. One is there's a quite a, a, a practical... We run a range of workshops, for example, where we'll look at positioning and brand and purpose and mission and and, and strategic road mapping around how they're going to build this go-to-market strategy. And then there's the marginal gains stuff, which is the, the text messages at 10 o'clock on a Sunday night or the constant little touches, which we're around for and can do en masse. We, I dare say there's not much we haven't heard over, over the, 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 the combined maybe 30 years that Mads and I have been investing. So it's and running businesses so it's 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 getting stuff out of the way it's it's actively setting some ground schooling when when and if required and then there's the marginal gains piece which is sometimes can be the difference between winning a deal or not winning a deal or hiring the right person or not hiring the right person so that that's how we kind of operate and it's very much a bespoke thing that that Every single founding team needs a very different flavor of, so it's not one size fits all. So, taking into consideration those factors that we just spoke about, there we spoke about the sectors, and we've just discussed there the power and the involvement that you have with the founders. But if we look at you know the current situation, I mean, where do you see, and probably more, who do you see coming out of this the strongest? Do you feel it's you know, those companies, and let's just take uh, into consideration here that we've ticked the boxes for, yes, they're generating revenue and, yes, they're uh, positive cash flow, the two important elements that you've uh, 
taken up there with the companies. But if we're looking at, you know, one side of it, the sector, and maybe that top-down approach, and in the other side, that the founder, uh, a more bottom-up approach. I mean, for, for in your view, in the companies you're dealing with, and maybe looking at the wider market as well, you know, which one of those is going to be most important in in dictating who comes out of this in in good shape? Do you think it's more going to be about the sector, or do you think it's regardless of the sector? If they've got a strong founder, we we can see that uh, that strength in these companies coming out the other side. That's the age-old question, isn't it? Is it, is it founders or is it the market? I think you know we're, we're sort of delightfully, um, delightfully ambivalent in that. We feel it both are really important because you know great markets they can lift founding teams and great founders can build you know new markets and new demand. Um, I, I think you know who will come out strongest. It will be firms with strong unit economics. I, I wouldn't say that firms need to have strong cash flows. I mean, if they have you know positive cash flows, they don't need investors, right? Then they're generating cash. Uh, but they need to not have silly cash flows. They need to not burn so much money that it is completely out of kilter with the growth they're delivering. And so it's important that things are in balance, that there is a very well thought through plan and that the underlying business fundamentals are sound. Um, and so we think you know, firms that have a, you know, good business models, uh, sectors where that is possible, you know, we're software investors, we think that's a, that's a great place to invest. And then investors who know how to help founders build good companies because right? it's hard to build a good company. There's lots of stuff that goes into, into doing that. And, you know, for many, for many founders, you know, they haven't, you know, they may have had a great you know, track record in a, in a sector and industry before, but this may be the first time they're building a business. And so if you haven't done that before, there are many pitfalls along the way. And if you have investors working alongside you that can help you avoid the worst pitfalls and figure out, you know, how to accelerate the business, that can, that can be really helpful, especially in times like this. Thank you. Dan, would you like to add anything to that? I think Matt has fairly, fairly comprehensively covered it. I think the just, just to pin down a couple of sectors and spaces that we're very excited about. I mean, if you look at like Russia, Ukraine as an example, all the supply chain mess that's ensued because of it. Um, I think that's going to, that as a, as a singular point in time is going to be a great accelerant for any company that is thinking about how they how they manage logistics supply and and being able to obviously you couldn't predict that but how you then manage the 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 ensuing mess after anything in i guess in climate tech anything in um efficiencies in manufacturing so i think there are going to be some very specific industries that are going to be they're going to have a light shone on them and it's timing timing is everything in startup right so all we ha- all we do is is find the teams that are on that zeitgeist that are incredibly impressive teams that understand the space that they're that they're serving we help them focus on clients and obsess over clients but they they still have to be in the right space at that right time to catch that zeitgeist and that you know if we knew the secrets of that we'd we'd, we'd all be you know living on yachts in the seychelles with our with our diamond crusted glasses but so it's about finding and I can't I, I, I personally believe that everything that we're seeing that is absolutely disrupting, changing, making us think um, that they're, they're the spaces to be in and they're the, they're the spaces that we serve and that we love. And there will also be some some oddball outliers like Airbnb came out of the, the GFC and there'll be all kinds of these amazing little gems that that we may or may not be able to invest in because of the, the type of business that they are, but there will be some odd fishes that come out that will serve, you know, people just being happy because there's a lot of misery that's going to 
that's going to hit people's lives with inflation and and cost of living. So there'll be some odd, what I call the lipstick and chocolate brigade. There'll be something that makes us smile that will probably be a winner. So there'll be, and we, we can't we can't invest in those kind of spaces, but but there'll there'll, there'll be those kinds of offerings that will come to the fore as well. Thank you. Just to finish off here now, lo- looking at the, you know the bigger picture of you know investors engaging with venture capital at this point in time. Now, of course, uh, Superseed are about to embark on a partnership with the Cedars and subscribers to UK Investor Magazine would have already seen uh, a couple of the communications that we put out uh, there. But you know you're obviously on the front line of things, so there's there's two questions here really that that I'd like to finish on. You no, know, first of all. Now, are investors you know, still investing in you know, private companies and venture capital at this point in time? And you know how how are those trends uh, playing out at, the, at this point? And and what would you say to those people that maybe you know, have looked at private companies in the past, but they're reading their headlines and thinking maybe now's not the good, the best time to invest um you know what would you say to them is 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 a good this is a good time to to start looking at private companies again now's when now's when the magic happens in early stage sorry sorry mads i spoke over you listen uh, uh, mads has got some amazing sound bites in this but this this is where the magic is this is this is truly where innovation happens but mads over to you yeah, no, I, I you know, so I was just uh, referencing your your comments around some of the companies that came out of the uh, the financial crisis, uh, you know, a little over a decade ago, where some great businesses were built. I mean, typically the, the downturn is is a time when some amazing businesses are started because you know when the going gets tough, the tough gets going, right? And, and real entrepreneurs get down to business. Um, some other interesting stats, you know, the first half of twenty twenty two was the most active period ever in UK venture. Okay, so this is despite sort of all this, this doom and gloom that we're talking about. There's never been more investments made in the UK than the last six months. Now, there's still some inertia. Numbers are likely to come down in the second half, but there's still a lot of capital being deployed. And it's likely that the second half of 22 will still be a very good month uh, for venture capital in the UK, even if it's somewhat down in 21. So we think, I mean, if we think now is a, is a great time, there are great businesses that are going to do very, very well. It's possible to, to buy in, you know, early at, uh, you know, in seed stage companies before the valuations have exploded uh, because there's less noise around some of the later stage businesses. That means it's easier for some of the earlier stage companies to attract talent, to bring in you know, strong developers, strong, uh, you know, strong, strong sales teams and, and build up their businesses. And uh, we, we just think right now is a really, really good time to build a business. And so I think anybody that you know likes technology and want exposure to this, that this is this is a terrific time to uh, to get engaged. Indeed, indeed. And I think one of the, one of the things that you've really highlighted in this podcast is the valuation side of things. And you know, Dan, you alluded to it last year we had you know quite elevated valuations, but during this period, companies such as yourselves and venture funds are able to secure those those lower valuations when things may be a little bit tough for some of the founders um, out there. So that's historically, if you look back and some of the studies that I've been looking at recently, when you see a downturn, of course, you get you know the big companies, excited companies, as you mentioned there in Airbnb, uh, but typically the, the valuations look a little bit more attractive. So Dan and Mads, thank you very much for being on the podcast today. Thank you. Thanks for having us.
So just before we finish up, we're going to put in the notes to this podcast uh, a link through to your website. But for people that want to know a little bit more about uh, Superseed, what's the best way of going about finding some information, getting in touch and, and keeping up to date with, with what you guys are doing? Well, the, the first thing to say is that so, so Cedars has been great. So we've already hit target at Cedars, but if anyone's interested in, in the Cedars campaign that's running, um, you can just search us on Cedars. It's in the, it's in the private deal room. Um, obviously, the website you mentioned, superseed.com, where Dan and Mads at, just uh, Im- imaginatively. Um, so j- just drop us a line. Um, we're very active on LinkedIn. Give us, give us a shout if there's anything we can talk about with regards to fund investing, startups, the ecosystem, the community. Um, super keen to talk. Great. Mads, would you like to add anything to that to finish off? No, it's been a pleasure being here today, Jonathan. Thanks for having Dan and I on the show. And, and thanks for to the listeners for taking time to listen to, uh, to, to our little chat here. Looking forward to hopefully engaging with many more of you on, uh, you know, on, on LinkedIn, other social media, uh, on Cedars and, and you know, other investment uh, fora. Fantastic. Thank you. Likewise, it's been a pleasure to have you both on this afternoon for the podcast. Thank you very much. We hope you enjoyed listening to the UK Investor Magazine podcast. Please do share the podcast and we really value any reviews and comments you leave us in your chosen podcast player. The views presented by the hosts and guests of the UK Investor Magazine podcast are in no way investment advice. And please remember all investment involves risk.